0: Hi, my name is Jean Lee. I am the host of the BBC World Services podcast, The Lazarus Heist, which is about North Korean cyber. And I'm here with Van Jackson, a professor
1: of international relations at Victoria University of Wellington. But I'm a Korea watcher despite being in New Zealand.
0: And also (laughs) the host of the Undiplomatic podcast. Oh, yes. And uh, the author of on the Brick, which was an exceptional book that charted the standoff between North Korea and the United States during the Trump administration. And so Van, I wanted to, this is a perfect time to ask you what you make of what we learned over the last couple of days, which was that North Korea had a party plenary and we got Kim Jong-un's first Comments on the Biden administration's North Korea policy review. So I have two questions for you, which is what do you think about the Biden administration's policy on North Korea, what we know of it, and what do you make of Kim Jong-un's response? Yeah, so
1: the first question first. What we know about Biden's North Korea policy, which is not a lot, because not a lot has been said. But what we know, I'm not super impressed by because it sounds like some hybrid of Obama 2.0 strategic patience, which we know didn't work, but then also maximum pressure from the Trump years, but just with dialing back the threat rhetoric, like not being hyperbolic, you know? So that's not good because those things didn't produce good outcomes, but maybe there's something cooking beneath the surface. We don't know. the thing that is a little concerning is that Kim Jong Un's response that you're uh, just hinting at seems to—he he nodded toward both dialogue and confrontation, or a willingness to engage in both tracks, which is you know not new. Um, and it's good that there's like a rhetorical openness to dialogue, but I think he's expecting or baiting the U.S. to try and show gestures that they're different from the past. And like, I don't feel like Biden's picking up on the signals,
0: you know? What kind of gestures do you think the North Korean leadership is looking for? And uh, and what do you think South Korea's role is in all of this? So those are two different questions, but what do you think Kim Jong-un is looking for or trying to bait the Biden administration to offer?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the foremost thing is probably sanctions relief. And in the context, uh, I'm sure you're tracking this closely, the you know, emerging famine, which Kim Jong-un himself is comparing to the 1990s, which was a, you know, a hellscape for North Korea, that's pretty dire. Uh, and the sanctions are obviously not helping that situation. And he sort of feels like he was owed anyways from the Trump years some kind of sanctions relief, uh, which never came. So I think that's the gesture they most want, but there may be gestures in the security realm too that would, would flag that like, hey, I'm not Obama. And that would be you know, suspension of military exercises, forswearing nuclear bomber deployments to the Korean Peninsula, stuff in that realm may also be um, taken as a positive signal. But I think sanctions relief is like a real imperative um, and if there's no sign that it's forthcoming, then they may, he may not move
0: on dialogue. The Biden administration has been pretty clear that they're going to use sanctions as a diplomatic tool mm. and that they're going to push for the enforcement of sanctions. So what do you think about, you know, for me to see this language about being open to dialogue as well as prepared for confrontation, it did, does hint to me That they're gonna leave open some room for that possibility, but that they wanna get there in a stronger position. And so to me, that signals we may see some more testing, right? That they perhaps they want to get to that negotiating table, but with more leverage. What do you think about that? Did you (laughs) anything? Oh, sorry. (laughs) There's my dog your dog (laughs) responds. That's great.
1: Yeah, no, that's I think that's right. The North Korea is nothing, (laughs) it's not obsessed with. You know, showing up at the bargaining table from a position of perceived strength—that's that's the obsession. And um, I think in North Korea, in the North Korean calculus, you know, testing missiles is a nice precursor to diplomacy. Even though I think, from the U.S. perspective, that really undermines diplomacy.
0: So, and what about the joint exercises? Because that's the next thing, perhaps an opportunity, the next opportunity, the joint U.S.-South Korean military exercises. And this is something I'm sure you've debated uh, when you were in the government, the utility yeah. of perhaps suspension or is that, a, I mean, I see that as a concession uh, yeah. on the on the part of the U.S. and the South Koreans, but is that something you seek that could be effective? Or is that giving, a, giving away something too quickly? I mean,
1: I, I feel like it's worth giving away if we think that it can actually help change the situation. Um, if it can unlock the bargaining process, then it's worth it. It's just not clear if that's really what would happen, right? Like, it's quite possible, like in the Trump years, we suspended military exercises for a little while, and it didn't really do anything. I mean, you, you could argue that North Korea didn't test missiles, and that was reciprocity. And if so, great. But um, that's all it was, you know. So I don't think military exercises will be decisive either way. We're time.